Hey guys, before we get started, you know the drill. Follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at LaunchpadPod, and our website, LaunchpadPod.com. I want to give a big shout out to everybody who watched our YouTube video, the premiere of LaunchpadPod YouTube. Uh, we got a lot more people watching than I thought we would have. I was like, who wants to see our dumb faces? Turns out a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, a lot of dumb people uh, on board for that. <laughs> no, thank you guys. That was really cool, and we got some really good comments. We really appreciate it. Hope you guys are watching this one now. Uh, it's going to be a little different today, but we'll get into that. Yeah. Today, Rumi, guess what we're talking about? Can you tell? I you know. Where are you? Uh, so if you guys aren't watching the YouTube right now, I'm here. Rumi, I hear Rumi. His chair is moving, but I see nothing. <laughs> I found invisible. <laughs> I, I found invisibility potion. Can you believe it? Just just so I know, where did you find that? Because if you didn't manufacture it, where did you like acquire that by chance? I was going by this abandoned research facility here in Georgia. And sure, sure. it was, um, you know, I just was like, I wonder what's in there. You know, shits and giggles. Do it for the gram. YOLO. And I went in- <laughs> <laughs> and I went inside and turns out it was like uh, an invisible man sure. lair. And I... Uh, Got the potion and I tried it out. I've been invisible for like a couple days now. Now, just because I don't know how many of our listeners have seen Invisible Man movies, but most of these invisible men are evil. So number one, the fact that you're invisible, you're going to lose your mind for sure. But do you think the layer that you stumbled upon, do you think that that was from a long time ago? Or you think like an invisible man was out creating invisible man trouble and then he came home and was like, who stole my... Like It was like a... The three, the three Goldilocks, Goldilocks and the three invisible bears where they're like, who drank all my potion? This one's just right. <laughs> I'm not sure there was nobody there, so they either all drank the potion. Obviously, it was an invisible man layer. <laughs> <laughs> that was a perfect setup, man. <laughs> it was good. That was good. I, I think I think it must have been pretty recent. I am feeling pretty itchy, but like I haven't gone so far as to like start becoming a complete asshole, although my wife might say different. I don't know. <laughs> now, here's something we're going to talk today about uh, Invisible Men and Invisible Man movies. Yeah. Here's something that I watched three of these things, or maybe, about, to be honest, two and a half in the last couple days. Yeah. That's never addressed. If you couldn't see your body, I think it would really change your locomotion and how you moved around space. Do you agree? Anytime I've had to be, like, you've been in monster suits, right, Matt? Exactly. Not being, yes, yeah, yes. Not being able to see your feet because you're in a costume or in some sort of getup. Like, I've been in Halloween costumes where it's it, my my visibility has been hampered and I can't see my feet or my hands and it, it turned into a, just a bumbling mess. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, everybody right now, imagine if you were invisible, if you could see through your own body. How would you go upstairs? You wouldn't really be sure. I mean, you'd get the hang of it, I guess. But the first little bit, I don't think so. Like, how would you grab a doorknob? You know, like, I think that would be hard. I'll tell you what knob to grab, Rumi. <laughs> how would you grab that knob? <laughs> like, Kevin Bacon... Kevin Bacon says in he was in one that we'll talk about a little bit. He said that it's hard to sleep when you can see through your eyelids, yeah. which I get. But like, just fucking wrap a bandana around, bro. You don't need to be a genologist to figure that out. Yeah. But like, that's something you wouldn't think of, right? You couldn't blink your eyes if you were invisible. You know, weird. 
There's so much we got to get into, but let's get into it, man. I am itching out of my mind. Like being invisible, seriously, is it's starting itchy? to yeah, starting to get me fucked up, man. I'm getting pissed off. Ah, <laughs> ah, 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 rage, invisible man, rage. Cue the theme song. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one. Zero. All engines running. Lift off. We have a lift off. All right, welcome to the Launchpad Podcast. I'm Aaron. I'm Matt. Matt, I'm on. I'm, I'm visible again. That was too much. I couldn't <laughs> handle it. I, I'm visible again. Uh, it was too itchy. I couldn't handle it. Now, did you did this did the serum wear off, or did you take an antidote? Uh, they had the question. antidote in there too. I, I grabbed both. <laughs> was the shit labeled? <laughs> Like, you knew which one to take first. It's obviously color-coded. See, in the early Invisible Man movies, it's all black and white, so you can't see. Right. didn't know what the fuck. That's why he had such a trouble. Yeah, that's why they're having such a bad time. So, in the, uh, you know, later, when we get to, like, 2000s Hollow Man, it's like, blue serum, invisible, orange serum, visible, and I get well, it. Well, that's like, what I was going to ask you, is what, what color is invisible, and what color is the blue, serum to make duh. you visible? Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, shouldn't the invisible serum be invisible, like, clear? Thematically, yes. <laughs> but as far as helping, I think invisible should be red and visible should be green. Isn't that much better? Why is red? Why red? Red means stop. Red is red is bad. Red is like red. And I think yeah, a green negates the red. So red is stop. Green is go. So, okay, stop and go. Like to me, that makes like that's a, a visual cue of what would do what. See, I would be like green means go invisible and red means stop being invisible. <laughs> I can't wait till we find like chemicals together <laughs> and the resulted conversations of that. <laughs> Cause I, we both walk in there, we see chemicals on the counter. We look at each other. We know we're drinking them. You know, yeah. it's just a matter of what order. <laughs> the, the thing that I always hate about mnemonic devices, it's like beer before liquor, never been sicker liquor before beer. You're in the clear. I'm like, but there's, I could also rhyme that with other things like, <laughs> I, I still think I could come up with a rhyme sure. to remind myself. Get better the, quicker. Uh, yeah, get better quicker. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I think there's always some like strange pneumatic device that you'd come up with that you're like, wait, does that pneumatic device work or am I just rhyming the wrong things now? Like I before E, but you could say after I after E, except after C. Except when my neighbors suck and then I'll never forget how to spell it. So... <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not talking about letters or mnemonic devices today. No, we're talking about invisible men and yeah. women in one movie. <laughs> Says you. I didn't see her. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. So you finally saw 2020's Invisible Man. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. The other night I sat down, it was on HBO Max and I was like, okay, tonight's a good night for it. It was one of those movies I started doing it while I was kind of like, I'm, I'm on a car hunt right now. I'm searching for a new car. So I was like, had that on my laptop and I was pulling that up. And within the first scene, I was like, nope, close laptop, look for a car tomorrow because I want to, I want to pay attention to this movie. Um, if you guys haven't seen it yet, it is 2020. It's called The Invisible Man. It's a new riff. I got to give it, I got to give it a lot of credit. There's a lot I didn't like, but there's a lot I did like. I was very impressed with this movie because this is kind of the the reboot of Universal Monsters doing their thing after the mm. failure that was the Mummy. Yeah, they're like, don't don't count that one. Yeah, I didn't see that, but I can only imagine how it was. 
This one is written and directed by Leo Wannell, W-H-A-N-N-E-L-L. I didn't look what you see and see what else she's done, but he's done. It's yeah, Lee well, Wannell. I just, yeah, I just, I just looked that up. And so I was like, wait a minute. Oh, he did the first Saw, which I hated. He did Cooties, which uh, I loved. You know who it is, Upgrade, right? Which I love. He's the guy in Saw who right. is trapped there with him. Yes, I see that now. <laughs> he's the first guy from Saw. Man, how far he's come. He's done a bunch. Oh, he's directing Escape from New York. He's directing The Wolfman. He did The Invisible Man and he did Insidious. He did he directed Upgrade, which I loved, and he did Insidious Chapter 3. Do you see Upgrade? Upgrade? I loved Upgrade. That was really cool. Um and he's been an a- he's been an actor in a bunch of stuff. So, he wears many hats uh, and he's not a woman. He wrote he, Cooties, which you love. Which is I love also. He knows how to make a suspenseful movie because I feel like this movie has a bunch of plot holes. It's got a bunch of things you've seen before, but it is a scary movie in terms of like you're in the same boat as her where you know shit's going down. You're obviously looking for things to be moving in the background, the foreground, whatever. But like the movie opens with her in bed with her husband, you know, you assume her husband or boyfriend and she gets up and she starts sneaking around and then it becomes apparent that she's poisoned him and he's knocked him out. And it comes very apparent very quick. She's trying to get the fuck out of there quietly. And she's sneaking around and, you know, she's trying to be quiet. She sneaks downstairs and she kicks a metal dog bowl. And I swear when she did that, she stops and freezes. And me on the couch watching the movie, I stopped and froze. Because oh. we've all been in that situation where for whatever reason you're trying to be quiet and you make that one fucking loud noise and you freeze. To see if anybody trust me i have a new baby and <laughs> that's your life bro yeah oh yeah and you're like obviously you didn't mean to do it it's like a huge thing right. where it's like you're like fuck you know the second you do it you you know that you've done it and you're just like mm-hmm. damn it but like it the movie does a great job conveying that and putting you in that moment and it does it numerous times realizing that he's probably a piece of shit and she's trying to escape because he's an abusive piece of shit, which we show she gets out of the house. She jumps in her friend's car. Who's like, what's going on? And out of nowhere, this guy runs up to the window. He's like, fuck you. I'm going to get you. I'm going to kill you. And he's like freaking out, banging on the window, smashing the glass and stuff. And you're like, yeah, oh, punches through the car window. And he's she drives a piece away. of shit. But you could tell like the, this, that sequence, I didn't time it. It's got to be seven to 10, maybe seven to 10 minutes long of her trying to get out of this house. And the house is kind of like a complex. He's got all these different, you know, uh, security devices and shit that she's slowly disarming. But you can see she pulls a bag that she's packed out of like a grate. So you could tell that this wasn't a spur of the moment thing. She planned this and this took some time to set up. And like, you know, that earlier that day she was planting things around the house to pick up and leave with. So you know that this has got to be a situation and it's quiet. There's no introduction to the characters before this. There's no, and it's not heavy handed. It's not like, you know, you don't see blood on the floor or anything like that. You don't, she doesn't have a black eye. Like we get it. Something's up here. Yeah. And it just, it's great. It's, it's, I thought that's a really good opening because you're, you're immediately in that's, you know, we should do that episode that we've talked about of like the first scene is awesome. Like getting into a movie, the first scene. Yeah. This is, this definitely qualifies as that. I'm like, okay, it's the balloon popping, uh, bopping the balloon up thing that you always say, like that bopped it enough. 
one of the things she does is she goes through this kind of laboratory and you see like suits in the background. So, you know, mm-hmm. he's like a, a genius, you know, his house is like he's rich as hell from being this scientific genius. You know, she's scared mm-hmm. and you know, it's really important for her to leave. And that's all you need for an introduction. So many movies would have drawn it out. So many w- movies right. would have been like, look what an abusive piece of shit. Yeah, is. She's on the phone with her sister and yeah. she's like, hey, sister, uh, I need your help tonight because Brian's abusive. What yeah. else did he do? No, I don't. And I'm don't so that. glad they didn't put us through that because them showing it would have put a sour taste in the movie. Like if, when, mm. when movies show abuse, you need to show it either to tell the point of the movie or to prove to the audience that he's a piece of shit. This movie didn't need to show it because us reacting to her fear was enough for me to understand it because that's not what the movie's about. The movie is about the mm. gaslighting. And I thought that this was such a brilliant take on this movie because... You know, The Invisible Man. You and I are huge fans of the original Universal Monsters of Mm -hmm. Invisible Man. And it's hard to say, okay, how do we make an Invisible Man a modern movie? Sure. Right off the bat, does he drink a potion? When I heard they were remaking this movie, I was like, is he going to be a potion drinking madman? Like, what is it? Says the guy who exactly 14 minutes and 45 seconds ago did a bit about drinking a potion. (laughs) That's the way you do it when you're in mad science land. But I thought that this was pretty brilliant in a way that was like, how are we going to update this? Mm -hmm. And spoiler alert, it's not a potion, guys. It's a suit. And as much as I think that's a hard sell, a harder sell than a potion. How does the potion work? Oh, you know, I just did. Right. Right. The suit is more believable and I think for this movie worked better than Magic Potion would have because this was very grounded in reality and Mm. one of the things that I think is so brilliant about a movie like this and we talked about it in in the scenes episode we've talked about it in earlier episodes is a good horror movie takes real life fear and manifests it in a horror that is a monster and even though this monster was a very real man a guy in an invisibility suit hunting you down while nobody believes you just like in chucky just like in any movies where they don't believe that the horror is happening and everybody who the horror is happening to is just getting shit on by everybody else that is a great horror setup and this movie pulled it off i think really well there's two things i want to say based on what you just said the first thing is the the believability of the invis uh, the believability of the invisibility the movie does not explain to you what the suit is about. You like, like Rumi said, when she's fleeing at the beginning, you see her walk through a laboratory. There's a bunch of computers, and there is what looks like mannequins at the end of the room. But it is not even like an, a Chekhov's establishing shot where they're trying to show you that. It's just in the background. You might even miss it. And later on, the first time I think it's verbally brought up, the, the scumbag's brother is his lawyer. And he says, you know, oh, well, you know, a guy with an what he was an asshole. And of course, if he made an invisibility suit, what's the creepier than making an invisibility suit that doesn't work and having people believe it worked? That's the first time anybody mentions invisibility suit. And later on, she says that he has one. They don't explain how it works. They don't explain how long he took to make it. They don't explain why it just exists. And I think it's one of those things like. When you talk to a kid and you just tell them that something is the way it is and try to move on quick before they ask questions, they usually believe you. And we're the kids in that situation because the movie's like, invisibility suit, he made it, go. And you're like, okay, I don't need to know any more than that. To that end, I think in 
Hollow Man, 2000, 2000's Hollow Man, this yeah. is what one of the big failures of that movie is. It really gets into how they made right. the invisibility serum, and they spend a lot of time showing it off. But we'll get to Hollow Man in a little bit. Overall, did you give this movie a big thumbs up? Did you like yeah, it? Yeah, because the other thing I wanted to say based on what you said was, you know, sophistication of certain stories has changed throughout time, right? Like, look at comic books. Comic books were so simplistic, you know, in the 40s and 50s. Now, they're a lot. there's a lot more to them. You take... The original Invisible Man, which I feel was pretty fucking hard hitting for when it was made. And it's 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 not gory. It's not graphic, but it's fucking brutal. He kills in, over in 100 people in that movie. Yes. And it's and, and for no like uh, no reason other than he's crazy maniacal, which yeah. is scary. Right. We as a as a society have a hard time grasping that. Now you make this movie now what, 60, 70 years later, actually more than that. Right. Almost 80 years later. The first Invisible Man is 1933, dog. Yeah, so think about how like think about how much has happened since then. Let's just say in America, but like technology and everything and storytelling has evolved. So now if we made if you just made a pound for pound update of that movie, even if you did it well, it would be fine. But like you said, Rumi, we're taking something that we all know of to a certain extent, that we all fear to a certain extent, right? A domestic terrible relationship. And you're making that the perspective. You're making that the lens that we're doing this through. So, like, who would be the most scared of somebody who's invisible? This woman who's been brutalized in in many different forms by someone who's supposed to take care of her. And I think that is terrifying when you really think about it. It amps up, like, you or I making an enemy, having that enemy be able to get in our house undetected, hurt the ones we love undetected is terrifying. But when it's someone who you feel like you can't escape from, who you felt like this for a long time from, who you thought you were rid of, it adds an extra layer of not only reality and sophistication, but terror to this this already scary concept. To the point that my my, my wife will not watch this movie because she says, I, I get that. She's like, it's that. too real. She's like, and I was like, it's really well done. She's like, I don't care. It's too real because she's like, you know, I, I've been <clears> gaslit. <throat> By, by people who, who are trying mm-hmm. to, to, to hurt me emotionally. And that's that's awful. And it's like, and and for me watching this movie, I think that something that's so brilliant about this movie coming out now in 2020 is we've just gone through this whole Me Too movement and a lot of women coming forward with stories of like, nobody believed me when right. this was happening to so many women and repeatedly happening and nobody believed me. And I'm almost more angry at, it, it, you know, obviously emotional abuse, physical abuse, abuse is horrible. And I'm angry at that but i'm so mad when it's like a pattern and it was in broad daylight and nobody mm-hmm. believed the right. the victims i get mad at that because it's like the fact that people can let this happen and when you hear about like i don't know it happens a lot on like uh you know you hear about this rapist and the woman's it has proof other women are like yeah he tried to do that to me too or did do that to me and nobody believes him and then they get off because they're like well he seems like he's sorry and you're like i wish batman was around to go beat that guy's ass yeah right and it's like you're watching this movie and you're like, oh, I need a Batman. I need somebody to believe this woman. And, and like it just makes you so anxious to just want justice for her or something to happen or her friends to believe her. And even the friends who believe her are like, I don't know, I'm getting kind of tired of your crazy bullshit. And it's like, oh, God, he's right there yeah. in the room with you. And it's like what you said. We mentioned this on the on the scenes, uh, the scenes episode that we did. We were talking about the best scenes. Some monster movies, the monster is literally a metaphor. Well, I guess not literally, but fig- I guess it is literally a metaphor. It's figuratively a representation of something real that is to be afraid of. A man who is invisible and is menacing you is a very big metaphor for someone who is menacing you that nobody else is aware of, even though you're saying 
he's right there. He's doing this. It's the you Chucky. Know? You're a little kid. You have a doll yeah. who's killing people, and you're like, Chucky did. And everybody's like, you're a piece of but shit. But even kid. that's like still one step removed because you have the fantasy element yeah. of a doll moving, right? Yeah. But now yeah, you're yeah. like, this guy who's my husband or boyfriend or fiance or whoever. <gasps> is doing these things. And to me, it's funny because what you just said, Kate said, your wife said that it was too real and you said, yeah, but it's well done. That's exactly how I feel about the movie. It was really well done. However, it's a different movie than the original because the original was fun because it was like, because he was crazy maniacal, it was less detached so I can enjoy it more. This one was real. Like I felt I was emotionally involved with this woman. I wanted her to be safe. I was worried about her well-being, but it was not in a fun way. I was talking to someone earlier yesterday comparing it to Scream. Like in Scream, we all know and like the characters and you don't like you care about them. You don't want them to get killed, which means when they're about to get killed, your ears suspenseful and, you know, there's tension, but it's fun. This movie was definitely not fun. You know what I mean? Do you agree with that? I do. And let me bring this up. So uh, the other day, somebody was talking to me on uh, Instagram and we were kind of arguing. This was called The Deathless. Um, it's a podcast, The Deathless Tease on Instagram. And they were like, hey, just in case nobody knows, Scream isn't a horror movie. And we kind of got into it, you know, not not in a, in a competitive way, but I was just like, okay. I'll, I'll listen like, to you. Uh, in me and Matt's, in me and Matt's uh, blockbuster store, it is in the horror section. It is in the horror section. And he was like, it's more of a thriller because it, 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 he's like, one, it's not scary. I'm like, well, that's subjective. <laughs> <laughs> I was Ruby's like, got his hands up in the air yeah. like, well. You know, and I was like, by, by that argument, neither is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. If you're saying that like it has right. to be like, you know, and I've often argued that Silence of the Lambs is more of a thriller because of its realism. People could argue, well, by Aaron, by your logic, Texas Chainsaw Massacre isn't a horror movie, it's a thriller. I'm like, yeah, but sure. it's, it's over the top enough. And right, right, Scream right. is over the top enough that it falls into goof, you know, it falls into sort of interesting, a, a horror Interesting, interesting, okay. The Invisible Man might not be horror because mm. it, I mean, you could argue science fiction because of the sure. invisible, like the science aspect of it. He's still a mad scientist. He has a um, unbelievable scientific achievement, but right. they did it in such a real way that it is very much like in that vein of, is it horror? Is it not? It is horrifying. Sure. And and since you brought up Scream, it is in that sort of vein. But at the end of the day, I'll watch Scream because it's fun and it has like a nostalgia factor to the 90s and it's a good horror movie. Universal monsters are horror movies, but they were like people want to watch them. They want I want to go to like a midnight movie and see a Frankenstein or or sure. watch the Invisible Man. I don't know if this was on the docket for like a fun like midnight movie marathon that I'd be super stoked for it because Agreed. it is Agreed. heavy as fuck. Yeah, like well, Scream is like I could see you and I sitting on a couch and being like, "What do you want to do tonight? We have nothing planned. You want to just throw Scream in? Yeah, yeah. I think like I don't think we'd screw we'd throw Invisible Man twenty twenty in. You and I might like to dissect it or something like to study it almost, but you're not, you're not, it's not an enjoyable film experience. And again, it's not like creepy. Like it's not like kids or gummo to quote two movies by the same director, but like those movies are fucking hard watches. This is not necessarily a hard watch, but it is so suspenseful that like your skin kind of crawls like because of the the subject matter and it is well done like there are some really good tense scenes here there are some scenes that are just like i it's a device like i you wanted to use his invisibility you wanted to use her awareness of it you wanted to use other people's awareness of it but it works like i think those there are some really creepy scenes there where is he there is he not there oh he is there but where is he does she know he's there oh she does is she going to be able to convince that person in time Oh, he's in on it. You know, it's like, oh, that's 
it gets to be pretty cool. And and I think they did a great job with it overall. And the invisibility like effects, they actually at some of the movies on this list, I don't think they went as far as they have in other movies as far as the invisibility gag goes. Like when mm. you look at Hollow Man, the shit they're pulling off in that movie, holy fuck, it's dude. It's ridiculous. The shit yeah. they're pulling off as far as like invisibility gags though, in the early Universal Monster movies, that made a statement. This movie is mm. like, it's been done. A couple smash plates and th- flinging her around the room a little bit, stabbing right. the guy in the neck. It was done well, but they weren't going for like, hey, something you've never seen before. They weren't trying to right. move the bar as far as like invisibility VFX goes or special effects goes, which they didn't have to. I thought it was cool when she damages his suit and you just see like the eye floating around in the air. I thought that was really yeah. well done. The paint, she splashes him with paint and you see him walking around. They did some really clever things and did some really good VFX, but at the end of the day, like I'm glad they didn't try to push the bar in something they couldn't pull off because this was only a $7 million budget and they made like $142 million. So good on them for killing it. Well, you said something. You saw this before I did. You saw this a while ago. When you saw it, you said it does a good job. I forget how you worded it, but you said it does a good job of her trying to find out where he is. And I thought it was, you've always said you think it's so off-putting and weird. And once you said it, it, now to me, I can't unsee it. When you watch a zombie movie and everyone in the movie acts like they've never heard of zombies before. When you watch a vampire movie and they're finding people with bites in their necks and nobody says, hey, this is kind of like vampires, don't you think? It's weird because that's in a different universe than we live in. This woman in this movie very quickly is like, he's fucking invisible. I know he's here and he's invisible. So she's throwing paint. She's throwing flour on the floor. She's throwing sheets on chairs to see if she sees his form. And I feel like that's actually a really cool thing to do in a movie like that because it further tethers that character to the audience because the audience is going, you know, throw something at that chair or put something between you and him so he can't, you know, you'll see him coming. And I feel like when you say that in all the other even Hollow Man, all those other movies, nobody's doing that, even though they theoretically know there's something weird going on. But I think it, it, it further relates you and that character together, you know? Uh, and this movie does a good job with that. I'm glad that you yeah. said that you that you didn't feel it pushed the envelope with the invisible. And that's not to say they skimped. The stuff they did looks great, and they did a couple cool things, but they weren't trying to be like... Like, Hollow Man was like, wouldn't it be cool if he did this? And they do a Mind great job, it. and it looks yeah. great. This movie was not like, wouldn't it be cool? They're like, wouldn't it be terrifying if she's in this situation and this happened? I think they pulled that off well. And I think that was a good on them. Like it made the movie better that that's the the avenue they went instead of just being like, well, with technology, we can make it look like he's over there. You know, it's like, okay, cool. They did a great job. Uh, Again, like she is smart. She's as smart as the audience is when they're like, you need to do this. And she's like, okay, I'm going to do that. And you're like, oh, good. And, and it's great because they set up in a way that no matter how smart she is, it doesn't help. Like when mm. she finds that his cell phone's in her attic, the attic of the house she's hiding in, and she's like, right. I'm going to barricade myself in the attic now. That's smart because instead of running back downstairs where you know he's waiting right, for you. somewhere. She's just going to wait it out in the attic. And and he, he draws her out and she... she covers him in paint but i thought it was really smart there's some great like great setups with the door opening and closing because you just see the door open and close and she sees it happen at one point and you're like oh he didn't leave i know he didn't leave and and like you you catch on just as soon as she did that like does he want me to think he's leaving or do do i think he actually left and i think that's so smart when you have a character that is as smart as the audience is. And that's mm. very rare. Holy shit, that's rare. 
but it, it I think it it really put a nice cherry on a legacy of pretty good Invisible Man movies. Like as far as Universal movies goes, we we've said how good they are. You know, did you read the book in high school or grade no, school? No, I never did. But it, like, it seems like it seems like it would be a fun read. And H. G. Wells is a fun. Well, not. H.G. Wells isn't always a fun read, but it's always an interesting read. So I, I, I was looking into this. I read it in high school, and I remember it being good. I couldn't tell you the ins and outs. I remember the Universal movies fairly, you know, it it hits the, the points. But the book's basically this guy's at this inn. He's invisible. He's kind of going crazy. He starts running out of money and starts stealing from people and then starts fighting with people. And then him and this guy who's been trying to help him become invisible or Become visible again. Unvisible. <laughs> Uninvisible. Uninvisible. Become visible the again. The Invisible Man. That's yeah. like the 99 cent store version. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like the one made by uh, yeah. Asylum Films. You got to drink a pink potion. That makes you invisible. Unvisible. And then you drink a, uh, what's, a yellow potion. That makes you revisible. So so this <laughs> the guy trying to help him steals the books and they're fighting over it. Anyway, the... You know, they, they made the movie in 1933, which is wild to think how cool that movie is for 1933. Uh, oh, Universal yeah. made the movie. And this movie blew people's minds with the visual effects. And they are really good. And it's it's double exposure and guys in like black velvet suits mm-hmm. double exposed over film so that when you basically double exposures, when you have you shoot the plate, you shoot the film, and then you put a guy in a velvet suit in front of it picking up stuff. And it basically merges them together anything that's black disappears in old black and white film because when you film through it the film doesn't pick it up it basically just shoots shoots right through it so it's a very clever effect we see some cool things it's a good movie but like we said there's a scene where he derails a train and they specifically say that killed 120 yeah, people. Killed 100 people and you're like what there's a scene in that movie that i love because it's the one that creeps me out the most is a guy who the sex scene no <laughs> Not there's no sex scenes in 1933 Invisible Man movie. The scene where he's got a well, guy it in was the car because you could you don't have to see it. Oh yeah, it's invisible. They there was like out. no nudity. <laughs> yeah. No, there's a scene where he's got a guy in the car and he's like, mm-hmm. um, I, I don't remember the relationship or the exact particulars, but he's got a guy and the guy's begging him, "Don't kill me, don't kill me," and he jumps out of the car and puts a rock on the brake and pops the clutch, and the guy's tied up and he rolls down the hill and the car mm-hmm. goes off a cliff and explodes and the guy's dead. But him begging for his life when this invisible yeah. guy's like laughing at him is. It's and that's what I said. Up. It's brutal. Like he's gleefully killing these people and the people seem real. A lot of them, like the train people were not established, but yeah. to f- verbally confirm the death of over a hundred people. And then like, yeah, these people are begging for their lives and he's just killing them gleefully, selfishly. Laugh it is chilling. Really pretty much all these movies and the book too. A lot of people say that like the most memorable thing and the reason I think a lot of these work is a lot of these endings you just don't see coming. And and it's pretty wild. You knew, you didn't pick up on that. You don't see him because he's invisible. I was so excited to say that joke. It wasn't that good. My dad's clapping. My dad's clapping. <laughs> <clears throat> it was a good joke, Rumi. I was just excited about. Well, that you know, and it, I feel like it's interesting because I would say now I love the creature from the Black Lagoon, the original. I love the original Dracula. I love the original Frankenstein. I would think Invisible Man is just as strong a movie and maybe even creepier a character than any of those but i don't think he gets the same like marquee love that the other ones do which is funny i don't know if that's a marketability thing that the like i don't know if it's a marketability thing in general or the fact that he's literally invisible it's hard to have a visual established image aside from the wrapped up when you you have a poster with like the awesome like 
creature from the black monster. Lagoon being like ah, yeah. Frankenstein. Ah. You have a monster with a cool design. I There's guess, zero right? design that goes into the Invisible Man. It's but the bandages are creepy. The ski goggles and the bandage are creepy. Yeah, I guess it's hard to capture that as a still like a, a still visual image, right? Yeah. It but is. the movies, like you said, the movies are all good. There's a ton of Universal movies, right? From from the old like old school. Invisible Man, Invisible Man Returns, uh, The Invisible Woman, The Invisible Agent, Invisible Man's Revenge, and Abbott and Costello meet the Invisible Man. I feel like they should have done like a, a very good entry would have been Where's the Invisible Man Now, right? Yeah. Wouldn't that be a good one? Where's the Invisible Man Now? I did watch Invisible Man Returns. Did you catch that one? Yeah, I did. I actually just watched it last night, specifically because you said it was, of the sequels, it was one of the better ones. What did you think? Did you did you find some of the scenes I cool? liked that it was not, I mean, story-wise, this is a guy who has been, we find out, wrongfully accused of murder. He is on death row, and he escapes, right? Oh, this is the Vincent Price. Yes, sentenced to death, yeah, murder yeah. of his Vincent brother Price. Michael, crime he yeah. did not commit. Okay. Yeah, so, okay. So the, he, and then the brother of the original vis- visible man injects him with invisibility drug. Right. Oh, yeah, so yeah, now okay. so he's trying to clear his name, but at first we don't necess- I don't think we necessarily know that, which is fun cuz in the uh, first invisible man, he is a maniacal murderer who's losing his mind. In this one, he's afraid he's going to lose his mind, but we pretty quickly like if you think about it, he doesn't do anything homicidal in this. He does some stuff. He menaces some people, but he doesn't hurt hurt anybody. He certainly doesn't kill anybody. Then at the end, it's made apparent that another guy did, but he does he does put a noose around a guy's neck and make him stand on some. So it is pretty, you know, it is, it's, it's not pulling punches, but it's a different character. But I like that it's not just a continuation of the same exact story with the same exact character, do the same exact thing. I like that it was a lot different. And again, the effects are just like, fuck, it's so cool. The effects are really cool and they up the ante and there's a scene where in the first movie we saw him unwrap his head, but it's it's mm-hmm. kind of flat, like you don't see dimension. In this one, you see him with his head wrapped and no glasses on and you can see the depth of the bandages mm. and it, it like reading about how they did that, it's so hard to pull that off back then and they literally had to shoot a plate for what was behind inside his head and outside and it's like to put those all together with the technology they had back then was pretty intense and like you said i love that scene where he's got the guy on the noose on the chair and somebody else is trying to help the person who's about to be hung and the invisible man's in the room basically kicking the chair out or beating the shit out of the guy trying to save the person who's about to be hung and it's like really tense it's a cool and there's scene. a there's a thing where the the villain who ends up a, a visible villain who ends up being revealed is standing next to the guy who's got a noose around his neck on a chair the guy who's got the noose on his neck it's an intimidate uh, the invisible man is doing that as an intimidation so the noose guy tells who the murderer was which is the guy standing next to him when the murderer hears that he kicks the chair out so now that guy starts to hang the bad guy starts to run away and the invisible man grabs the hanging guy's legs and tries to lift him up so that he's not choking but you see that while the invisible man is invisible so this guy is hanging and all of a sudden his legs get picked up and try to you know so that the 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 news turns slack it's pretty cool they really and it's you know not to belittle visual effects because i happen to know a couple visual effects people but like when you make a movie like this they had to be like okay if we want to show this happening how can we do that? And you know that they did tests and tests and tests, you know, to use monofilament wires. Like there's a scene where he's unpacking a suitcase while invisible and each item of the suitcase comes out, gets put down, comes out, gets hung up against something. And they, I, I don't, I think they did it with monofilament and wires and stuff, but like think about having four things in one suitcase, 
all with wires going straight up to the ceiling <gasps> and have them cross each other without getting tangled or look like they're suspended, which means each thing probably had more than one wire. That's fucking, I mean, that's puppeteering, right? Essentially. They they do it specifically in a movie, uh, in a movie that I watched last night, which is The Invisible Agent, which is the fourth film in the franchise. They do it with mm-hmm. a key where a key goes into a, a key hole turns, comes out, and floats to a table, rotates midair, and so sits down on the table. It's fucking hardcore, right? And you know that there were guys trying that out to try it, you know, to make to make that work. And I have the Blu-ray, so I could see every single wire attached to that key. <laughs> there is no less than four wires attached to that key. There's one straight up, and one on mm-hmm. either end, and then one down below. And all of them are being pulled and pushed at the same time. And the coordination it takes... To not also knock over every single like thing on a table in yeah. the room, choke out the actress who's in the room with them is a choreographed dance. And I'm sure when you saw that in a movie theater back in 1942 when Invisible Agent came out, you couldn't see those wires because of the grain in the film. It's, it's not until it gets cleaned up and we're like, sure. I see what they're doing there, but I'm still impressed because you pulled it the fuck off. Right. Especially when you look at it through the lens of the last, what, 70, 80 years. Yeah. But- the you know and then you think of like the film the, the film thing i think it's a lot easier to clean stuff up digitally than it was like we're saying to shoot a master shot to shoot a, a you know to shoot a a plate shot to shoot composite shots and layer those pieces of film literally layer film pieces together yeah. to create that overall image of a man not there you, you it's can't crazy believe that how, they yeah. like it's you know it's 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 amazing to think of and like really that type of technology that led ultimately in a way led to green screen green screen is just a digital version of that type of filmmaking right yeah but i mean it when you think about what they had then they were really i mean not that again not to knock visual effects but they were really reinventing the wheel back then and when you watch a movie like this it doesn't matter if you can see the strings or if you just know that there's strings there it's just fucking fun and you gotta like give them a high five to be like dude you made that fucking key turn in a lock. I fully buy that there's an invisible man there turning that key. You pulled it off. There's a great shot in Invisible Man Returns that I didn't expect. All the policemen are in this mansion and they're like, hey, there's an invisible man here. Let's get him with a net. And we have these smokers and we can yes. see him in the smoke. And I did not expect this movie to be able to pull off the silhouette of a man in smoke. Mm-hmm. Invisible. And they do it. He looks like a shadow, like a, a grainy gray man shaped shadow that's also translucent. Like he's yeah. not solid. But they did a good job enough that it's like, man, you thought about this, you figured it out, and you pulled it off to the best of your ability. And I was, you know, even though by today's standards, no, it's not good. It's a, you know, what what year did this come out? Uh, 1939, 1940. Was it 40, right? Yeah, 1940. Is it good? No. But for 1940, man, I'm impressed that you pulled it off to the extent that you could. I mean, they even attempted it. The fact that somebody wrote that in a script... They gave it to some effects people, and they're like, fuck, we'll try. Let's and they try. did it. Yeah. Give me, give me a key and some wires. Yeah, give me some wires. Right after that, on the heels of, of Invisible Man Returns, they did Invisible Woman, which I watched and cannot remember a scene Cringeworthy from Cringeworthy is the word that you use to describe it to me. It's cringeworthy. You well, it's a 1940s movie about an invisible woman and the jokes that they are trying... It, it, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's not played as a horror movie. It's played as a wah-wah-wah-wah-wah movie yeah. and you're like, it's supposed to be... They all end a- up at the beach at the end dancing? Uh, it's played as a comedy and... I didn't find it funny. Uh, it's <laughs> cringy, yeah. It's a lot of movies, a lot of, lot How of jokes. How about the invisibility? Um... Nothing new, nothing amazing. I mean, it looked good, but nothing amazing. This one relied more heavily on double exposure in like high contrast. So she might have been painted black and then they film her with high contrast lights on her. So you see more of a silhouette of her throughout 
the invisibility moments. Oh, she's a predator. Yeah, basically. <laughs> it's it wasn't terrible. I mean, it wasn't great, and they didn't do anything new. It was like invisible dresses and you know wires making invisible dresses float mm. around. But it wasn't like whoa. The one I watched last night, since you were like, hey, I just watched Invisible Man, so I was like, I got to watch a bunch of Invisible Man movies. Invisible Agent, which okay. I really enjoyed. Really enjoyed. I was actually pretty impressed with this movie. So this is 1942. We're in the middle of World War II. And it starts with this guy. At a, he works at a, like a paper store where he sells ledgers and paper and stuff. And a guy comes in who's obviously supposed to be German, along with Peter Lorre. Peter Lorre comes in, who is a German actor. He's been in German movies and he's supposed to be Japanese. And it took me like half the movie to be like, oh, oh, <laughs> he's supposed to be a Japanese bad guy, but he's the German actor. And it made it even more confusing when actual Japanese actors are in the movie later. And you're like, you, you guys know that he doesn't seem to be Japanese at all. Right. <laughs> and you're supposed to be selling him up. And he's still has like that German accent. You know, Peter Laurie, mm. he talks like this. And he just, he just, there was no accent. They weren't trying, which I'm glad because that would have made it crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so they just give him some big thick glasses. And that's kind of like, he's Japanese. That was Japanese back then. Yeah. So it starts out them coming in and they're like, Hey, we know that your grandfather was the invisible man and that you still have the, the formula. And he's like, no, nah, I'm not going to give it to you. And they like grab this guy and they put his hand in the paper slicer and like, we're going to cut your fingers off. You don't give it to us. He beats him up. He escapes. And then he's like, I will never give away the potion or the formula. And the, and the government's like, oh, we're sad to hear that. He's like, it'll take something monumentous for me to share that. And then suddenly it shows like a newspaper that's like Pearl Harbor. Pearl Harbor. Da -da -da. Yeah, that's cool. And he's like, okay, I'm willing to help you guys out, but only if I get to do it. And they're like, you're not a soldier or trained for this. And he's like, I'm game. I have a lot of gusto. And they're like, we like your gusto. Go into Germany. <laughs> Go into Germany invisible and try and find out when the sneak attack's going to be. And he's like, okay. So they take him out on a plane and they're going to have him parachute in over Germany. He's never soldiered or parachuted. Okay. He's Just also, if he, is he parachuting naked? Yes. Like, is he, yeah, he's parachuting invisible, right? I don't know if you guys, I've never parachuted. Rumi, you have, but I've rock climbed. I had clothes on, though. And, yeah, I've rock climbed, and the harnesses are similar. There's that one that goes right between your legs and, like, yeah. singes up your balls real good, right? Well, but here's the thing. It's cinch, if I remember correctly, it cinches around your balls. The thing that cinches your balls is your pants, because your pants are being pulled up against you. So it actually might be pretty freeing. Oh, if you actually make you're everything look even better. Yeah. That's Ruby also Ruby for those of you not watching, when Ruby said, Oh, if you're a naked guy, he put his hands, his fists on his hips and wiggled them back, like wiggled his hips back. <laughs> <laughs> the thing we haven't brought up yet, and I'm so glad that it, it wasn't the case, because it would have made the twenty twenty invisible man even extra creepy. At least he had a suit on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was clothed. All these other Everyone fucking movies. Everyone else is naked. They're naked as shit. Running yeah. around with their dongs out. Everything he does in this movie is running around with his dong out. And like, they see him parachute <laughs> in and the Germans are like... They, he they, keeps putting his fists on. <laughs> <laughs> he keeps wiggling every time he says dog out. <laughs> they find his boot. They find his pants. And they're like, he can't get far without his boots. He can't get far without his pants. And I'm like, this guy is in freezing cold. Like... Like German winter. Everybody else is in full on like heavy winter coats. You see a bunch of ding dong flopping around in Hollow Man. You see a, <laughs> like in one or two shots, you see a real one. You see when he's dematerializing and materializing, you could see oh. 
it come up hollow and you man. see it in yeah. these hollow man you see they use like uh, infrared goggles to yep. find him and there's times when he's walking around naked it's just a big old bing bong bing the movie that asked how much Kevin Bacon D do you want in any one movie and um, <laughs> you know the answer varies depending on who you are but that movie really pushed the envelope of how much Kevin Bacon D you needed in one bill right <laughs> so invisible agent he goes in and there's a lot of like funny bits where he's like eavesdropping on a conversation between a secret agent and a Nazi officer and they're trying to get him to tell the information but this guy keeps doing funny shit like putting forks on his seat and like tipping the table and knocking his glass over and you're like oh winning us the war yeah right <laughs> just pissing everybody off but I, I actually thought the movie was pretty good in the way it did some fun secret agent you know espionage shit there's a scene where the guy from the beginning of the movie knows there's an invisible man and he's like threatening him and the invisible man lights the room on fire because he knows well neither of us want to be in a room on fire <laughs> pretty clever how is it played? Is it played like uh, like a thriller or is it like more fun or tongue in cheek thriller? The dinner scene is played like Three Stooges shit because he's like every time the Nazi officer goes to like take a bite, like the chickens move to a different plate and he's like, huh? And he's trying to figure it out. It's pretty cool. There's a scene Winning where- us the war. Yeah. He gets that Nazi sent to prison because that guy looks like a doofus when he's like, there's an invisible guy in here and they're like, nobody believes you. Go to and jail. He, he goes to the prison and he's like, you have been such a piece of shit and like confronts him in a way that I feel like was universal, like wanting to confront Nazis and being like, this is what sure. you are. And it's 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 played serious sometimes, but then for laughs other times, which is bizarre for a World War II movie. But overall, I think it was pretty good. Then there's a big spectacular scene where he's in an airplane with the the spy, the lady spy who's been helping him out, and they just drop a bunch of bombs on a German airfield, and there's huge explosions, a lot of miniature explosions, which are fun. I liked it. It was cool. I'll check it out. I have that whole set. I just haven't... I've only seen the couple. It's, this one is definitely worth checking out. I think it's one of the better later universal movies because they started getting goofy after this and this one i think yeah still after i think it was like the seventh one was called where the fuck is the invisible man yeah. nobody <laughs> liked that like after that <laughs> and then the eighth one was going to be called seriously dude we know you're there <laughs> seriously <laughs> did you fart or was it an invisible man it's definitely it's a fun genre so we had those and then you said uh it's funny you said that you watched hollow man recently because last night i finished return or uh, the invisible man returns i finished it at like i don't know 10 30 10 45 and i while i was watching i was like what other good invisible man movies are and i was gonna try to like not trick you but be like i have another one that you and i didn't say hey let's talk about this on the show yeah and i was like i remember seeing hollow man in the theater and i've seen it a couple times since with mixed feelings different times and i was like yep. let me just see if it's streaming and it was on hulu so i was like fuck it let me try i only made it about halfway through I watched the whole last thing. Night, yeah. I watched the whole thing I didn't, last I night. I forgot. It's Paul Verhoeven. Did you remember that? Fuck yeah, man. I love I forgot Paul about Verhoeven. That. He's one of my favorite directors. Let me let me just pose this for you. I think in the 2000s, <laughs> producers must have heard this a million times because watching this movie, you're like, this seems like a lot of other movies in the 2000s, namely Deep Blue Sea. But here's the pitch. A producer sits down and he goes, yeah. all right, pitch it to me. And they go, all right. A bunch of scientists are trapped in an underground research facility. And they're like, sold. I love it. I love it. Whatever it is. And they're like, and they're being chased by an invisible man. They're like, awesome. Greenlit. Because it's like Jurassic Park did this. Deep Blue Sea did this. It's, you know, Hollow Man did this. It's a bunch of people in a high tech underground facility trapped 
being chased by insert thing here. And that seemed to be like a theme throughout the 2000s. I'm going to think that most of those pitch meetings happened on the same day in the same building on the same floor. And it was just a long hallway. And whoever (laughs) pitched first, like Deep Blue Sea pitched in room one. And then Hollow Man, the, the people were walking past that and heard it and were like, ooh, we should say that for ours too. It yeah. sounds like they're going good in there. Then they said it. Then the next movie walked by those two rooms and were like, wait, they both have underground things and they got picked up. So they're like, let's just add an underground sequence to our an underground scientist research sequence. Yeah. You're right though. There is a bunch of them. There's a bunch of them. It's kind of weird. Hollow Man was a spectacle of visual effects. This was, mm. it got nominated for the Academy Award for Best Visual Effects, lost to Gladiator, which in hindsight, big mistake, Academy. I get it, but yeah, this is this was different because it was more subtle things, I think. Gladiator yep. was more spectacular, but and I get it. And it's, it's not that Gladiator didn't deserve it, but this is pretty... When you watch it... So, if we're just jumping right into the effects, this one... Now, granted, I only saw half of it last night, but and a little bit this morning. There's a scene where a gorilla is invisible and slowly becomes more visible. There's a scene where Kevin Bacon turns invisible and then later he comes back almost visible. I like the old ones better. Specifically, we glossed over this specific scene, but Invisible Invisible Man Returns, there is a scene at the end of him slowly becoming more visible and it's just cross dissolves, cross dissolves, cross dissolves of different layers. Like First it's like nerves, then it's like nerves and muscles, then it's nerves and muscles and skeleton, then it's more muscles on top and be like the cross dissolve fade in and out of that actually works for me for what my brain thinks invisibility would slowly take over. The ones in hollow man are great, but I think they look more like melting and unmelting. It was kind of like, to me, like it looked cool and maybe it's even more scientific of how that would run through your veins. But to me, it looked more like it was more like you said, the opposite of what 2020 invisible man was, where it was like, look what we can do. We can make his heart grow first. And then the ribs go around it. It was fucking cool. But then also it's also, you're looking at it 21 years later it looks a little cartoony. Some of it still holds up. Those scenes, I think, are the ones that look most video gamey. But again, Agreed. Agreed. to think about what you had to do for that, you needed yeah. to make animated, fully moving, every mm-hmm. intestine moving, the heart beating, all your fucking veins moving and pulsing at the same time. That's fucking yeah. hard. Layer after yeah. layer after layer, growing and disappearing. The amount of shit you and had they're to put moving. together. Like the yeah. gorilla's moving or Kevin Bacon's moving, whereas in the yeah. one that I just said from, from 1940, still, yeah. he was just laying still. Insane amount of visual effects and CGI and pretty groundbreaking CGI. I think at the end of the day, I will say that those are the weakest CGI looking, you know, kind of fakey, a little too shiny. But at the end of the day, fuck, you pulled it off. I believe it looked good. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't like blade level. Here's the thing. You did it in a way that needed to be CGI. You could not Mm. pull off what you were trying to show any other way. They did it and the CGI was justified. And I think a lot of times when movies do something, you're like, you could have done it practical and it would right, look right, better. Right. If you had done this practically, it would have been astronomically expensive and you could have never pulled it off in the same way. Mm-hmm. And I think that they, that this is what justified them going this full CGI route. It looks great. They pull it off. I blame this movie for over explaining invisibility to me. And never explaining why we want invisibility. Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> to grab boobs, essentially. Essentially, yeah. Seeing the monkey disappear and come back, trick the gorilla. 
Sorry, yeah. sorry, primates it's and monkeys. Not a I'm monkey. so, yeah. <laughs> so sorry. There's, you know what the difference is, right? Do you know what the difference is? Some sort of thumb thing. Some it's sort of part of that. Monkeys have tails, and monkeys can sw- can can do like the monkey bars. Gorillas don't do monkey bars. Gorillas walk on their hands and their feet, mm. and they stand on them. Uh, monkeys can hang from shit. And have a prehensile tail. Okay, that makes I think sense. There is, I think there is hand or foot difference as well, like structurally in their bones. But like, you will never see a primate. Well, actually, but that's not true, is it? Like doing hand over hand. I guess, uh, do orangutans not really do that? But I feel like they do. I'm not a, a primate <laughs> monkey expert, man. I just saw him in a movie and this gorilla you, turned you invisible. You saw slash didn't see Yeah, them. saw slash didn't see you showed it to me once and it was amazing. The second time, I don't need to see it twice. Show me sure. the person. But like, right. it's like the movie kept kind of getting into its own cycle. And look, it looked really cool. But by that point, I had never seen it in 2000. To show it to me twice was cool. On repeat viewings now, it's like, well, I know what's yeah, going to yeah, happen. Yeah. I've seen yeah. it already. And they do cool things, though. There's amazing scenes where he's covered in blood, where he's covered in water, where he jumps in the water. Mm-hmm. Him walking around invisible. But this movie quickly devolves into the madness of the invisibility, and yeah. he becomes a rapist. And that's not a fun movie. Yeah. And I remember as a kid, I mean, I saw it in the theater. So I saw it in 2000. Yeah. So 2000 was what? I was a senior in high school. And I remember being like, almost similar to how I felt about the 2020 uh, Invisible Man. I was like, oh, I thought this was going to be like a fun, killer, Invisible Man movie. I didn't realize we were getting into like creepy ass rapey thing. Essentially, the first thing he does is un- unbutton a co-worker's blouse pull her boob out and start squeezing it like yeah. while she's sleeping yeah. immediately like that's the first thing we see him do as an invisible man which look i'm not saying that people with invisibility wouldn't start getting creepy i certainly think that like when you if you like did a poll on the internet of hey if you were invisible what if would you, you do what were the first thing you do yeah obvious girls locker room yeah girls time. locker room and that's what one of the guys says is he's like oh i totally go like yeah. fuck with people and you're like okay but he becomes a rapist and it's not comfortable when, especially when you're like, if you cut all this out and just got to the, the deep blue sea portion of the program, I might right. be like, this movie might be more fun, but it's like these scenes that while well done in a sense of like, you are making me creeped. It's really horrifying. And I don't like that this invisible man, this invisible man's doing it. I don't know if I needed to see it so many times in one movie. Sure. I agree. And it's the same thing. It's like, and I was thinking of this the other day. You watch different types of movies for different reasons, right? Yeah. Like Schindler's List is a great fucking movie and it is a, an amazing experience. I can't watch that every month. I can't watch that every year because yeah. of the way that it makes you feel. And there's nothing wrong with that. But horror movies in general are not supposed to, in, in my opinion, a general horror movie shouldn't make you feel so uncomfortable that you're not having fun. You should be cheering and laughing at a horror movie at some point, you know, for the most part. Not everyone, not every single one, but like at a certain point, I should look at you and kind of like crack a smile and be like, oh, oh man, you (laughs) know, we just, that just happened. You don't really feel like that in, the second half of Hollow Man kind of does, but like Invisible Man 2020, you don't really like look at each other and be like, haha, that was, that was cool, that scene, you know, like you don't feel like that. Yeah, like I said, I think the Deep Blue Sea moments of Hollow Man are really fun, but mm. the, like, and, and I think when 2020 Invisible Man looked at Hollow Man, they're like, I see what's scary about that, but I don't think yeah. I need to go that far. And again, when a movie's making a commentary about how awful 
sexual assault is, which is essentially what they're they're like, hey, this is scary, right? Yeah. I don't know if I need to see it happening to know that it's bad. Agreed. Yeah, I agree. And it's like you when you when you make a Holocaust movie, you show some of that stuff because that's the note you're trying to hit. So maybe the director is trying to hit that note with that movie, but again, I don't feel like that is the note that's normally hit. In a scream, or you know, name a horror movie. You know what I mean? Even Frankenstein. Do I Dracula. need to see it in full CGI explored glory of like how do we make a CGI boob pin get yeah, pinched? Jiggle. <laughs> yeah, it's like that's kind of weird. Like you went through like how awkward to have to do that shot and like do the VFX for it and then go and like build CGI boobs to be CGI assaulted in a movie. That's like to me that's that's creepy and point taken movie. But at the same time, like I'm thinking of a movie like Martyrs, some of these hardcore horror movies. And like yeah. Martyrs is a great horror movie, but not a fun horror movie. Yeah. Not something I want to recommend to people, but like right, right. it gets its point across. And I think a Holocaust movie, they they can justify why they're being so graphic or gratuitous because mm. this shit fucking happened and right, you right, need right. to be aware. Hollow Man isn't making the point, invisible men grope your boobs. Like that's not the point. I don't think it needed to be in the movie. You could have gotten away with a lot of weird fucked up shit. And he's already creepy and very aggressive towards his ex-girlfriend. Right. And I get that point. And I think that you you didn't need to take it much further. And maybe Hollow Man went too far. Could be. And I feel like the difference between Hollow Man and 2020 Invisible Man is 2020 Invisible Man almost feels like it's making a statement, making a stand and kind of bringing awareness to like, hey, this is a fake movie about a guy who's invisible. But the shit that she's going through is real. And you know someone who is you know, you might know someone who's like that. Whereas I don't think Hollow Man was quite taking a stance. No, you know what I mean. Yeah, like Hollow Man was like, "Hey, look at these cool, anything. yeah, right. Look it at these cool effects." About that, exactly. Hollow Man was just a vehicle to show invisible shit happening. The scene that I actually just watched on Hollow Man before starting this, the, the, as far as I made it, was when they make him a latex mask. Yeah, I love. You've made latex mask. We've both worked in practical effects. I love when someone doesn't know how to do that tries to make it for an audience and say like, oh, this is how we do it. We literally pour latex on a guy's face. You're like, no, that's not how latex works. That's like, none of that makes sense, except it just made this generic mask for him that looked cooler. Like it looked cooler than if they made like a Kevin Bacon life mask that looked fake. This looked cool that it was just like this rubber looking mask of not anyone's face with giant eye holes it was actually that was that part of it was actually pretty cool and creepy it's funny I just love that they're like here you put this tube in your mouth and we'll just pour this pour shit, on, shit your head, on your head and with our hands just smush it against your face and under your chin and that'll just be your mask and i was like why wouldn't you just buy him a mask from a store why are you a research laboratory dealing with invisibility chemicals but you also have latex <laughs> so you know they went to a a makeup effects house and like show us how you do this <laughs> yeah. and these guys went through step by step how they did it in meticulous detail to try and get it right for the movie and they went back to film and they're like just dump it on him it's fine yeah it's just fine. mix it up with a, a, a double beam sunbeam mixer and then yeah. just pour it on pour his it head. on you want another fun tidbit a friend of the show patrick mediate who runs the uh the screenwriters podcast he owns one of those latex mas- masks. Oh, in his like house. the actual yeah. prop from the movie. The actual prop from the movie. Yeah, he owns. That's it. He's pretty a big, cool. He's a big prop collector. He has some really cool pieces, and that's one. What? That's one of the first ones. He's like, look, what, looky what I got, and I was like, damn, dude, that's fucking cool. The best thing about that is probably like the guy, the the crew that made that mask for the film. They didn't just fucking pour latex on Kevin Bacon's head. They probably like 
sculpted it and molded it and poured like it was probably meticulously crafted to look like that <laughs> like that's Hollywood right to be like yeah. alright we just need some random thing that fucking genealogists would pour together on a table and the way it looks <laughs> like you said somebody probably sculpted it to look like it had just been dumped right. on their head but at the same time needed to be meticulous in like certain facets for story purposes right, right. of like what the lips did <laughs> what the eyes did and like this is something I was reading about the uh, the VFX supervisor who did this his name's Scott E. Anderson he's like Kevin Bacon does not get enough credit for this movie because he was in all the scenes. He yeah. did all the invisibility scenes, even though he's not in the movie at that point. You don't see his face. Most stars would be like, get my body double to do it. Get my get a stuntman to do it. And mm-hmm, yes, stuntmen mm-hmm. and body doubles did work in that movie. But Kevin Bacon did a lot of the scenes that needed Kevin Bacon because they're like, us animating it might not have ever gotten how he walked around or how he would like aggressively walk towards somebody or grab them. He's like, that acting is more than we could ever animate with 12 animators Mm. working around the clock for a week. Like that personal touch of Kevin Bacon painted green or painted blue or painted black was worth everything. And, and he committed to those scenes and brought a lot to that invisible Mm. character, even though you couldn't see it, he brought a lot to it. And I was like, that's impressive. That takes a lot. And that's a funny thing to think about, too, because, you know, and I think I've said it numerous times here. One of my f- worst things about superhero movies with me is taking off the mask. Hey, I'm Spider-Man. Got to take my mask off. Hey, I'm Iron Man. Got to take my mask off. But fucking you're like, why would you you're fucking fighting Thanos, a demigod, and you're taking off your protective face gear? What the fuck are you think? It makes no sense. Anyway, <laughs> you have a movie that's crafted around a character that's literally not visible. Yeah. Vincent Price's first movie is the in is the Invisible Man Returns, where he plays a character you don't see him yeah. in. You see him in one scene at the end. It's really interesting to think of it in that regards, and that's something that I really liked watching Invisible Man twenty twenty. Like now, Hollow Man has a lot of Kevin Bacon visible. Then he turns invisible, and then once still in a while manages we see a to glimpse, show me right? his dick. Yeah, <laughs> but it does a good job of not giving him excuses the actor excuses to show his face to get that exposure in invisible man 2020 that fucker is an invisible and the couple times he becomes less visible and it i didn't realize it at the time spoiler alert it does become a plot point later but you don't see his face even when he's visible he's got something covering his face which is also like a layered scary thing if you think about it. But I loved that they weren't showing me, you know, a Tom Cruise level actor taking off that invisibility mask every five fucking seconds, looking in the mirror, putting it on outside of her house. A fucking no, it should be invisible. I guess that's also a reason why that movie kind of succeeds is because we relate to her extra hard because we don't know anything about this guy. We never see him except like lumped in a bed we don't even know what his face looks like until we finally see it towards the end of the at at the end of the film so you have no frame of like in hollow man you know during an invisibility scene that that theoretically is supposed to be kevin bacon there your brain can be like i can't see him but that's kevin bacon when you don't even know the actor playing the invisible man in 2020 i think that makes it like even creepier and then when she finally does fuck his suit up you don't even see a human face it's just this amorphic kind of uh, mannequin looking face it's pretty cool it's a cool idea i thought it's a good design i think they did a really good job well do you want to talk about the ending of the 2020 invisible man yeah i think so because so all right so for you guys who haven't seen it and i'll spoil it this girl has been menaced the whole movie by an invisible man finally there's a confrontation and they kill him they unmask him and it's her 
abusive ex's brother who we know to be in cahoots with him he first of all he faked his own the the brother the, the abuser faked his own death and faked his own cremation somehow like the suit the movie just tells us that it happened and doesn't explain it which leads a lot of questions but like not anything to derail the movie my suspension of dis- i was like okay i'll just trust you that he did that that's fine better than explaining how he did it right so the brother gets killed and he's got the invisible suit on but she's like that's not him he and i know it was him earlier so now you're like wait are there two invisible ben but no they find her abuser bolted inside a ha- his house in the walls somewhere and he it is made to look as though the abuser's brother chained him up hid him in the house walls and then now did all this invisible man bullshit himself so the movie wants you to not know whether or not this abuser did all that and then made it look like it was the brother so that he can keep doing his thing whatever that may be or if it really was the brother now it's interesting, the girl, you see that she's got this plan at the end. She goes back to the abuser to their house, and he's like, I'm so happy you're here. I can't believe all that happened to you. I'm so sorry. And she goes, all right, I can forgive all of this, but I need to know that was you. You need to admit it to me. You need to be honest. And he's like, it wasn't. It was my brother. He was crazy. I would never do that to you. And she's like, Listen to what I'm saying. You need to confess. I will I will let it go, but I need to know. And he sticks to his guns. He's like, it wasn't me. And she's like, okay. And she walks out of the room. And what happens 10 seconds later, Rooms? So he's like, they're at a dinner table, and he's like, I'm going to take a bite. And all of a sudden, he can't move his hand. And you realize that there's an invisible person in the room, stabs his own throat, bleh you know, forced to kill himself over this invisible man. And we know that it's her. She has hidden an invisible suit in the house and she leaves and she comes back into the room and she's like, Oh my God, what happened? Did you kill yourself? And she leaves and, and it's on video. You see that he had like slit his own throat with his own knife. So basically they think he committed suicide Cut and dry suicide yeah. by knife, by knife slitting after you talk to your wife. I think she was just giving him a chance to be real and to admit it so that she had it on tape, but he wouldn't do it. So she killed him. I truly believe that he did all that stuff because you don't know, like if you're not the abusive person, how does he know all the buttons to press on her? How does he know every little thing? Sure. Sure. Yeah. And him being chained up in the basement is just him coercing his brother into more shitty acts because his brother has also been abused by him. As and we he see. says that the brother, yeah. the brother says that numerous t- two times, I think brings it up that, and I think he basically just back. sent the brother to a suicide mission to try and harass her one more time so that they could like try and get her back. The whole thing is him trying to get her back to, to so he can keep being a piece of shit to her. And cause she's having a baby and he wants to have a baby. Yes, exactly. And cause he thought she, she, she sets up that her having a baby would have cemented her into that relationship. She wouldn't have been able to leave him. So we end up, we realize halfway through the movie that he made her have a baby without knowing it. And She's pregnant now. Well, not had a baby, but growing a baby. So she's pregnant now. Yeah. And now that that's why he wants her back. And it's it's really messed up. And and you know, I think it also leaves you open to that interpretation of like people are they going to take the abuser side on that? Like, no, he wasn't doing it to her. It was somebody else. It allows the audience to gaslight the character one more time, which is which is true. And I got to say, I kind of fall into that situation because for me. 
there's two things that this movie does. Well, there's one thing it does and there's one thing it doesn't do. And those two things together leave me with an odd, I won't say bad, but an odd taste at the end of that movie. So she kills him, right? And she kills him without any evidence, hard evidence that it was him. Now, I, with you, agree from what I understand and the evidence that was presented in the movie. I, I agree that it was him doing that. That makes more sense than everything. But the fact that it's not confirmed makes her kind of like a murderer. And I'm not saying that she is not justified in doing that. A piece of shit like that should be murdered. That's fine. But she does it so cold-bloodedly like and without the proof I feel that me as an audience member that identifies and roots with her, if there had been one thing presented in that dinner scene at the end where he like raised his eyebrows at her and was like, no, it wasn't me. Then you're like, okay, I, I see that you're, the movie is confirming to me that it was him, which makes his death more cut and dry if it's at her hands. But the next step to me is when she leaves, she runs into her friend who's a cop and they're like, I guess he killed himself. Wink, wink. Then she walks away, walks towards camera right before we cut to credits and she smiles. The smile to me is too close to the original Invisible Man. But to me, I'm honestly not concerned. I'm honestly wondering, did they set that up as a sequel that she's going to be the new Invisible Man, whether she's good or bad? And I was like, okay, if you're doing that on purpose for world building, but without the smile, her killing him out of vengeance and self-defense and everything. Okay, I get that. But not giving me proof and having her smile makes me seem like she's a little unhinged at this point. That's why this movie's brilliant. It's giving you a chance to try and make excuses for the bad guy in the movie. It's giving the audience a moment to try and do exactly what she's accusing him of doing to them. And you're the cop in this moment. Rumi, the, the, right, her, right, her right. policeman friend, he looks at her like, did you just murder that guy? And she's like, I don't know, maybe. He uh, it looks himself. like suicide it's to me. Video. That's why she brings her cop friend to the house. She tells right. him that she's right. going to be there. And he's kind of like, oh, fuck. He's in the same boat as you are because he doesn't know the justification. He doesn't know. And he's pretty sure she just murdered him. But he's not going to say anything. And I think that that's why this movie has that like little glimmer of of like really brilliant in that sense that it's giving the audience a chance to argue and then you're like wait am i trying to argue for the bad guy in this moment when you know what she's been through and you're like wait does that justify it it puts you in a confusing gray area i don't know if they should have saved that for the last beat of the film to put you in that gray area to kind of because it's kind of a throw sure. to that yes. extent yeah 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 and and i think that that is smarter than the rest of the movie is it's like if you had maybe introduced that more to the rest of the movie where she's like, I'm going to fucking kill this guy mm-hmm. when you don't know if maybe he's tied up in a basement or not. I, I don't know if that hurts the movie or makes it better, but I think that this this like this last scene is the smartest part about the whole movie. And that's why it's like Do you, you think it up. was done on purpose. Then you think it was purposely written and acted and shot in a, such a way that it's ambiguous and is a comment on gaslighting and like, gaslighting in general. You think that was done on purpose? I do. I do. I, I didn't, do. I didn't read anything about it, so I don't know. But I do think that's what they did on purpose. But I think it's tacked on to the like. Maybe they made a different ending. Sure, sure. Where like she beats him in the house and they shoot him and they're like, oh, it's him. But then they're like, you know what? We need something else. So they yeah, they, yeah, yeah. they put this on, and I think it's a good tack on. But if you had woven any of this into the rest of the movie, I think it would have made it smarter. The whole movie okay. smarter, as opposed to I agree with that. The last button. So yeah, because it does feel it does feel like a a, a separate thing. 
Like it does feel like there's a break there. It, well, yeah, did, did it's you an notice epilogue, this? if you will. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good way to think of it. Did you? And I don't dislike it, but it just was weird because it's so unconventional as far as like normal conventional movies. Did you catch the little smile at the end? And that did that mean anything to you like it did to me? Or, or not not that same thing per se, but did it, did you interpret that one way or another that she smiled? Yeah, I don't I don't know if it means she's happy happy about it or she's getting away with something or if she's supposed to be something else. It is kind of a strange it it is a strange thing to have her smile if you just had her walk away with nothing or like, you know, think think about the right. ending of of Birdman. You look up in the sky and you're like, "Oh, what is that?" Mm-hmm. It's like that like what does that look mean? You know, there's a lot sure. of movies that do that. Right. Um the end of oh, what's what's that movie that had the top spinning at the very end? Oh, Top 'em. Killer Inception. Tops. No, Inception. Spinny Tops. <laughs> Spinny Tops the movie. Beyblades the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, basically. And and you're like, well, I don't know what it means. And it, and I think it's supposed to make people, you know, be ambiguous about it. I don't know if that Well, like if she hurts. had come to, she's walking up steps towards us. Yep. And the house is behind her. And she looks, she stops, she looks, I think she's looking at camera, but she gives a smile and definitely a smile. And then it cuts to, to the credits. If she had turned around and you looked at her, look at the house thoughtfully with no expression, that would have made me think, was she doubting? Is she proud of herself? Is she relieved? Like, okay, that seems like open to different interpretations that all make sense. The smile, like if you wanted to show she was relieved and she felt free, I feel like a sigh or like a deep breath, like, (sighs) okay, I've accomplished something. But the smile, smiles indicate happiness, right? Smiles don't indicate a weight off your chest. She also took the suit with her. True. And she got in and out of that suit fucking fast i uh, don't think about that don't think about <laughs> yeah, that you know. <laughs> it's got a quick zip it's got a zipper on it it's like just zoop, i'm invisible there's a there's zoop. a lot i mean i could do a whole nother hour on just the plot holes in this movie but i suppose like you could do that on any movie really and it didn't it didn't detract from the all the, of the invisible the movie man was. movies have issues all of the invisible <laughs> man movies don't know when he's fully invisible or if he crosses in front of himself which parts of him are still invisible or like if he has a cl- clothes on what parts stay invisible because like some invisible movies have shown a guy drinking coffee and you see right, it go down right, his right. throat yeah right 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 that doesn't work is his poop invisible like like that kind of stuff like <laughs> Yeah, that's what we need. That's the next movie. Is this <laughs> the invisible poop? <laughs> Who put this turd here? <laughs> I I think it, I think it was brilliant. I am interested to see again. Like this movie doesn't set me up where I'm like I want a big serial bunch of movies of these, like a sequel. Whereas like the original Universal Monster movies, I always want a sequel. I want more Frankenstein's. Sure, sure. I want the son of the bride of. Well, that's more popcorn movie than this one, right? Yeah. You could watch. That's a movie. Like if we're just sitting there with nothing to do, I can see you being like, "Hey, you want to throw in the mummy?" Like yeah. yeah, like that. That seems like fun to do. Sure, yeah. We weren't really throwing in 2020's Invisible Man. Although I swear, I'm thinking sequel because that's that's what it seemed like she gave that look of like, it could be I'm, interesting. I'm the Invisible Man now, now. One of my least favorite genres of horror films is the Rape Revenge movie. Mm-hmm. Like I Spin on Your Grave and stuff. Yeah, I hate those yeah. movies. Oh my God, they're so... Agreed. They're, they're not fun at all. Yeah, they're not I fun agree. at all. And I think there are these movies that are like, let me try and justify a vigilante killer. Let me try and make you make the audience get on board with that level of, of vigilanteism. And, you know, sure, I understand why they try to do that. But at the end of the day, again, do I need to see it to justify it? Well, because if you're watching a movie, you're watching it for entertainment, right? Like you, you sat down and said, I want to watch two hours of something to take me out of real life in, in wherever it's going to take me. No, I, I, I disagree with that. 
I think most movies are. I want to watch Hook because I want to be entertained. I want to watch RoboCop because I want to be entertained. Sure. I didn't watch Martyrs to be entertained. I watched Martyrs to feel something sure, extreme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like right. there are movies that I want to feel the extremes of something where you're like, I'm I'm sure, sure. Astounded by that. Like Saw. I don't watch Saw for fun. I watch Saw to be grossed out. And there are movies that I want to be grossed out. There are movies I want to watch a nasty horror movie to feel something extreme out of it, but I don't enjoy, I, that's not entertainment to me. I yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, okay. that's not fun. But I think, I don't think Hollow Man was trying to be a revenge thriller. It was trying to, I don't think it was trying to justify it, but the the fact that she kills him and then smiles about it makes me wonder if they, if- Not if, Hollow Man, 2020, Invisible If Man, 2020 Man. Invisible Man wasn't trying to get a little bit of that in there, where it was like, was the revenge justified? Hmm, question mark. <laughs> And I and again, it didn't need to get muddy. It had already done enough for me to buy mm. everything that was happened. And I don't think it did. I think it I think it kept its hands clean in that respect. But don't get muddy with what you're justifying and what the movie is. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Because Hollow Man got really muddy. And I think that's it's like, is it a deep blue sea thriller movie or is it like creepy? You know, it, it didn't know what it well, was. Well, again, I feel like that's also another thing that happened in the two thousands, right? Like where they were like it was like it wasn't exactly a blockbuster, but it was kind of like like it was trying to be mass appeal, a little bit of everything. Um, and I think Paul I would Ver, give, that's a Paul Verhoeven problem too. Paul yeah, Verhoeven is one of my favorite directors, but Paul Verhoeven has a tightrope walking sort of act where he dips his toe in sleaziness. I mean, fucking Showgirls, sure. which yeah. Showgirls, this amazing like super fun, ridiculously terrible but awesome like stripper epic suddenly gets this really gnarly rape scene in it and you're like why this movie could have been like i could laugh at this movie and have a great time with it but you threw this in here and it kind of derails how fun yeah, it's, yeah. I've had. he likes a little bit a little bit you know actually i read that hollow man was the first movie he submitted to the mpaa that got an r rating every other movie was an nc-17 the first couple times you know I'm what i mean like you think that, about yeah. like all the other movies but like, and again, I don't know if it's true, but I, that's what I read. I read it this morning. And he was disappointed, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. He, well, actually, he said he was disappointed. He felt like that was a movie he didn't need to make. Like, after the fact, he was like, eh, I probably shouldn't have made that. Hmm. I don't know. Why? I don't know. I didn't, it didn't, it didn't explain why. It just said that he said that. Because I, I love why. RoboCop okay, and I think RoboCop walks that sure. line perfectly and Starship Troopers is great. I love that. But like a lot That's of- That's because a guy got his dick shot to pieces before he had a chance to rape. <laughs> Which I feel like, I, I mean, I don't know if- <laughs> That's what I won't, I won't comment on it, but that's like seems like a justified punishment. I feel like that's that's fair. Yeah, I'm on shot board that guy's that. dick off. <laughs> I, I, it's weird, and I think Paul Verhoeven also, often dips his toes into the sleazy and kind of the shocking. And mm-hmm. you know whether whether it works or not is is up to the. We should do a Paul Verhoeven episode. That'd be pretty cool, dude. I, he's one of my favorites, and I've seen his his other ones that you know aren't super famous. When we do ours, when we do the 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 YouTube one of that, I want you to, and I'm saying it now. When you do the, when you cut the YouTube thing for that, I want you to cut just a couple frames of him dancing in the club in RoboCop into that YouTube video. Just and maybe like two or three times, just two or three frames. See if anyone can find them. How fucking funny would that be? You know oh what I'm talking gosh. about, right? Yeah, I think we need to do a Paul Verhoeven episode, man. So let's do a countdown. Our favorite, our favorite uh, Invisible Man movies. What do you think? All right, all right. We'll be back with the Pulp Culture countdown of Invisible Man. Ignition sequence start. Five, four, three, two, one. 
right, we're back. We're talking countdown for Invisible Man. Rumi, we forgot to talk about a movie, an Invisible Man movie. And I'm a little ashamed because I haven't seen it. And it's a John Carpenter. I'm talking Memoirs of an Invisible Man. Have you seen oh, I never this saw it. movie? No. Dude. So it's a comedy, right? It's a comedy. It's a 1992. ILM did all the visual effects for it. And apparently the visual effects were like really hard to pull off. It was John Carpenter, Chevy Chase, Daryl Hannah, Sam mm-hmm. Neill. Apparently Chevy Chase was a nightmare to work with, which is not the first time I've heard that. Well, they kept saying that he wasn't showing up to set, but he kept saying, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Me and your dad laughed at that one. <laughs> I guess I need to see this movie. Guys, have you seen Memoirs of an Invisible Man? Are we missing out or is it just okay? You guys let me know. Uh, but yeah, I'm intrigued that it's a John Carpenter, like a mainstream, big budget mm-hmm. John Carpenter studio film, not one of his independents. So, hmm. Interesting. That's one of those movies, too, where you're like, oh, yeah, John Carpenter did that? Like, I've never seen it, but I know what movie it is. I can see the poster in my head. I know what it is. But I was like, if I, don't, I might not have gotten that right on a, on a test, did, like, who directed that or, or did John Carpenter direct that? I don't know if I would have said yeah. I didn't have that epiphany until I looked it up because I was looking up other Invisible Man movies to watch. Couldn't find any. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> well, what, what do we got on our list here? We got top five, at least, I mean, we only talked about a couple today, but top five that we would suggest i the feel order like, uh, i put them in yeah at number five invisible agent i thought you know for a movie that came out in the 40s it's pretty good it had some solid and was what the fourth of the, the fourth, fourth in the series it, yeah, fourth in the so series to still keep it fresh and interesting but like imagine a suicide squad movie where it's one guy who's invisible and the antics he gets up to in nazi germany behind em- enemy lines not too bad and again mm. caveat it came out in the 40s so it does suffer from all the issues that a 1940s film might as far as like how it handles this sort of subject matter. <laughs> sure. But the whole time you're like, this naked guy's running around having a pretty good time. I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm, I'm entertained. <laughs> you usually are, yeah. Flopping out there in the wind. <laughs> He's doing it again <laughs> with his hands <laughs> on his hands. <laughs> Just flopping it around. Uh, that was pretty fun. Uh, what's in number four, Rumi? Number four, we have 1940s The Invisible Man Returns. Like we said, a pretty for the f- 1940, it's got really good effects. I like that it distances itself from the original in terms of story. It's not just the same thing. You know what I mean? Even some of the Frankenstein sequels and some of the uh, Creature se- Creature from the Black Lagoon sequels are very similar. This is a lot different uh, in the tone of what's going on. I like that. Great effects. And really fun. And it kind of made the Invisible Man sort of a good guy, even though he's like... Yes, he was. Yeah, he was. Which is so crazy. cool compared to the first one. So yeah. I like it a lot. And yeah, and you feel for him as a character, which you didn't in the first one. So kind of like how we how we said we like 2020 Invisible Man because it is different. It shows you a different side of that. I like this movie for that. And the effects are really good. If you guys haven't seen that one, if you like the original, it's definitely worth watching. It's fun. It is fun. So at number three, we have Hollow Man. This is Paul Verhoeven's... T- 2000 Invisible Man movie with Kevin Bacon. It gets a little bit creepier than we think it needs to, but it does end <laughs> up in a great, like, deep blue sea, stuck in an underground bunker, science bunker, being chased by Invisible Man, which is pretty damn cool. And the, and I'm yeah. excited because I'm going to finish that later today or tonight, yeah. and, like, that's the part that I'm at. It's so, like, or I think I already got most of the rapey boob grabbing, you know, Invisible... The creepy shit, yeah. Gross shit out of the way, yeah. So at least I get, like, the fun Invisible Man killer movie now. Yeah, and, and, that, and it is really fun when it finally gets to it and the effects are out of control really cool what if you had something in your eye and you were invisible like an eyelash in your eye what would, what would you fucking do would you just see it floating there 
Because it's not part of your body anymore? Well, that, that's no, a question. That's yeah, like, does you, if your hair falls out, if somebody pulled an invisible man's hair out, like grabbed a big piece of that it, that would be a cool out. scene, wouldn't it? To like, to uh, someone grappling, and then they do that pull, and as they pull, the hair appears in their hand because it's yeah. no longer attached to the body. There's a lot of like, I'm still like, is his poop going to be invisible if he takes a dump and throws it at you? Like, has an invisible man? I don't remember if this happened to Hollow Man, but an invisible man is standing in front of a wall, and someone shoots him. Would you see exit wound blood blast out from nowhere? Yeah, I think so. Does that happen to Hollow Man? No. That would be cool as shit, wouldn't it? I think so. And then, like, if you cut him... Well, wait, the blood's still invisible, though. Because that's the thing. It's in his blood. Not when it hits the air. I don't know. See? You just establish that over and over and over and over again in the first act. Yeah, exactly. What do we have in number two, Rumi? Number two, we have uh, the new Invisible Man, uh, 2020. We loved it. We thought it was a really fresh take on a character. It wasn't just the same shit. They made it more creepy, but not Hollow Man, too much creepy. This is, again, it's not necessarily a fun horror movie, but it's definitely a good suspenseful thriller. Um some really good effects, but that is not what the movie's about, and it's not trying to make it what the movie's about. Uh, it's creepy, and really, and and you know, Rumi definitely knows this, and I think a lot of you guys listening do too. I love when a horror or thriller movie keeps you in suspense, when it crafts a scene in such a way that you're kind of standing, you know, at sitting at the edge of your seat and your hair is on edge. This movie's pretty good at that, so I, I would definitely suggest checking this out. I'm, I'm happy with this one. It was, it was a good watch. It was a good watch. I think it's definitely worth checking out. I def- definitely think it's well-crafted, and I give them a lot of credit, especially for a Blumhouse, which they make fun movies, but this Agreed. one, I think, was a next-tier, really well done. I thought well the done. same thing. They're yeah. more like you watch them and forget them, and, you know, oh, I think I saw that one. I don't remember seeing that, yeah. but this was definitely like a more memorable uh, yeah, definitely, and, and highly recommended. So that brings us to number one, the Universal 1933 Invisible Man, the original Universal Invisible Man, because I think it just set it off so well, and he's hmm. such a menacing character while still, the movie's a lot of fun. The characters, the, uh, the has one of a classic Universal characters, the, the lady who runs the inn, and she's like, ah, she always freaks yeah. out. Yeah, ah. Fainting she's, and yeah, yelling fainting, at people. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's fun. I love, <laughs> I love the characters in it, and... The Invisible Man's scary as shit in that one. So pretty, pretty groundbreaking. If I could make like a, a plea for that movie, you know, I think a lot of people don't like contemporary movie watchers today don't want to watch black and white shit, don't want to watch shit from the 30s. I don't feel that way, but I get that. If I can implore anybody listening to this who has never seen the original Invisible Man, if you like scary movies, if you like monster movies, if you like creepy movies, if you like killer movies, even if you think it's going to be rough, watch the original Invisible Man. It's not even that long. I promise you it will. I, I'm not going to say you're going to like it. I won't promise that. But I bet you will. I would promise that you're going to like it more than you thought. You're going to think it's better than what you anticipated. Because I thought it would probably be slow. It's like, what can an Invisible Man do? But man, he's fucking people up in that movie. And it's surprising. Like I said, I think he's more terrifying than any of the other Universal monsters or creatures he's any a of bad them. dude too yeah it's 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 it, it's a good movie and it's definitely fun and it looks well, great and it's like when you look at dracula or frankenstein it's like a lot of these people can't help it it's not in their nature this person is consciously being a piece of shit psychopath mm-hmm. which is cool yeah that's true 
Yeah. Yeah, he's a shitty human. He's not a monster. He's not yeah. He's not misunderstood. He's fucking crashing trains. <laughs> On purpose, yeah. It's pretty great. And to, to bring it down, I know we've been having fun, but let me let me be a, be a Paul Verhoeven here for a second. I know we joke about a lot of stuff that we talked about, but like abuse isn't funny and abuse isn't, is terrible. So like I, the Invisible Man as an abusive person, like we just want to say we don't condone that. And like, I know we joked about a lot of stuff here today that some people might be like, that's really fucked up. I think we were good about not joking about anything bad, but it is and yeah. it, like a good reason to watch the 2020 movie is to kind of watch that. And like, I don't understand abuse. I've never been abused or I don't, I don't, I've never been an abuser, but like, I think it's a good thing to a good, the movie's a good way to like make people aware of that kind of thing. You know? Well, especially in this era when, like we mentioned, you know, 2020 and 2019, we had a lot of people who finally had a voice to say like, this isn't right. And I think this movie did a great job of taking something that was real and putting a horror movie around it in a way that mm. helped amplify yeah. and elevate what those feelings are and kind of what that message is. So I do think it's important. We, we definitely support people um, speaking out and, and standing up to abuse. So I, I think that movie is more important than it, than it, than we even know right now, but we'll see where it goes. I want to see if that, if 2020 invisible man becomes a sort of a neo classic, we'll see what happens. Yeah. I'd say right now it's pretty clear. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Roomy, only one more thing to do. Blast this thing off. Let's do it. Try to do it without, try to do it with an invisible hand. Like, don't look at it. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how you do it. I was going to try to suck my hand in and just like in my sleeve and just pretend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Roomy's got his hand in his sleeve. Yeah, I'll do it too. Invisible man, high five. All right, you ready? Yeah. Three, two, one. <laughs> That's awesome. We've been the Rocketeers, and we are out. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff.